clear. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Dr. PPR. I am your host, Henry Markin. Again, that's Dr. PPR, definitely not Dr. Pepper, and certainly, Jesus, not Dr. PP. That would be very different show with a very different doctor, Dr. PP. That wouldn't do well on this network. We don't do nudity. I am uh, Dr. PPR. I specialize in uh, fantasy football healthcare, PPR as in points per reception. Today is Monday, September 11th. Obviously a very tough day for a lot of American people and people around the world. Uh, there has been actual uh, doctor heroes uh, displayed their heroic and brave efforts on this day. Uh, I am, of course, a fictitious fantasy football doctor. So, moment of, ref of reflection if you have time today for anyone involved in the attacks. But certainly, the NFL makes for a soft landing on this tragic day in our history. Today is the first Monday of the 2023 NFL season. Uh, there's a hot chance you woke up just stoked about the season to come, your players, you love it, you love what you got, you love your team, or if you have Joe Burrow, you woke up absolutely fucking pissed off, um, no way to put that uh, anger out anywhere else, he just signed the biggest contract in NFL history, and the dude committed a robbery, an absolute fleece, it feels like, no, he deserves it, he's Joe Burrow, he's the best, but you're probably devastated nonetheless. I'm not an optometrist, but I can tell you that the hindsight right now is 2020 perfect vision. This is the time you start kicking yourself when you're thinking, God damn it, I should have played fucking Zay Flowers. Like, you're never going to play Zay Flowers. Or it's like, oh, I, I could have drafted Jake Elliott instead of this dipshit kicker I have. Elliott went off for like, what, like five or six kicks. And meanwhile, you're stuck with Graham Gano, negative points on Sunday Night Football, just Awful, awful scene, total mental nightmare breeding ground right now. But the good news is that it's only week one. Nothing that happened yesterday is set in stone to death. Unless, of course, you put all your eggs in J.K. Dobbins basket, then, of course, that basket is ruined. I don't know why you would. He, you know, He's an awesome running back and devastating news for the guy. He just came back from a season-long injury, but... If you drafted your team around, you know, the possibility that Dobbins could be a top-tier running back, yikes, ta-ta. Uh, week one is over. That's the good news. It's now behind us. We're in our true podcast form. Uh, this is, you know, the form where I'll do Mondays is devoted to recaps. Tuesdays is when I offer my prescriptions, you know, take the dosage accordingly, not overdosing on any of my advice or underdosing that you know just follow what a fucking doctor would do that's what that's what i'm doing and of course fridays that's when i hand out the betting locks uh today we're gonna do a full lobotomy of what went down yesterday as well as discuss any instances of malpractice any bad advice i may have given you and just oh, spoiler alert it wasn't that much malpractice in fact i had a pretty good week um Granted, I didn't give you my prescriptions yet. I just gave you general insights into betting, into you know philosophies of thought. But I gave you a couple bad picks. Uh, may have screwed up your survivor season, especially if you took the Vikings to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That game was disgusting. We'll talk about that later. But of course, right out of the gate, Lions Chiefs. Uh, 
I, I, I talked about that the Lions were my pick to cover, and they roared, baby. They fucking won. Obviously, if you just took them to cover, you didn't get that money line value, but there's a possibility, or I guess an alternate universe, where if uh, Kadarius Tony wasn't a complete moron and didn't you know, put butter on his gloves before the game and caught a few of those balls, maybe the Chiefs win and cover, but of course, that is a what-if scenario. And we're not going to get into that. I'm a doctor that deals with this universe and the physics of this timeline. In fact, where the Chiefs uh, fucking uh, blew it. Now, um, if you took the Lions, great. I don't think the Chiefs are going to be quite what they were. Obviously, Kelsey was out, but even when Kelsey comes back, that supporting cast may be a little rougher than in years past. Tony's not going to have that bad of a game going forward. He, he just won't. Like, And if he will, he'll get cut. So I guess the Chiefs won't have players that bad going forward. Expect somewhat of a big boom out of Mahomes in the weeks to come, you know, with the Sky Moors and the you know, the McKinnons and like these 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 Swiss Army knife guys that they have. But I do think that Kelsey isn't going to be the threat that maybe his pre-ranked draft rankings had him as. I was right about Kelsey. I didn't see that he was going to get injured. I don't have that foresight. It, it's just the philosophy. Um, I didn't predict the injury, but I, I did give you advice to not take him and to not be stuck with him early. Uh, the reason I don't want a tight end as my first overall pick in my fantasy draft is because there are so few running backs. That is the theory. The theory wasn't, oh, I knew he was going to hyperextend his knee. I'm a doctor. And I'm also a wizard. That's not what I was talking about. I, I predicted that uh, having uh, a better running back provides you way more value than having a better tight end because – Let's face it, uh, if you have a good running back, you can run tables in this league. You can literally own and operate your fantasy league. If you have a good running back, there's always going to be good receivers. Like, there are the elite ones that you have to really get early, and you saw Tyreek Hill prove why he's one of the best in the game, but there's a caveat with him as well. Get to that later. Uh, I was right about the running backs, you know? Just like how a doctor can say... Uh, Eating your vegetables and getting rest isn't going to cure you of cancer. It gives you a good chance to not get cancer, right? Eating your vegetables, getting some rest, and drafting a good running back early is a good way to live in your fantasy realm, and it promotes good behavioral practices as well. So, um, yeah, I was right about getting a good running back early because they fucking popped off. Eckler, McCaffrey, Chubb, Pollard, those guys were awesome, and it's so fucking fun to have a good running back especially when you could just kind of put together the other skill position players later because you know the wide receivers are a dime a dozen you're going to be riding that waiver wire all year for receivers and i'm here to help that's what i'm here for that is the prescriptions i offer um unless of course you had justin jefferson and you know he is that one wide receiver you are sure about that is why i said anyone named justin jefferson so one person can be drafted before the six elite running backs that I put on the table because he is that good. Uh, 150 yards, 12 targets, ton of balls caught. He's very much in that offense, the center point, the nucleus of that cell, the powerhouse of the mitochondria. He is 
absolutely the engine that makes that very mid machine run and mid is a perfect word to describe the vikings uh but the 49ers on the other hand are not mid the 49ers are so good brock purdy looked surgical he made me look like a fucking intern even though i'm the one with the medical degree again it's not on the wall it's still being printed out but it exists that whole offense looked so clean I mean, the highlights aren't even that good from the 49ers game. It's just like a few big plays happen, but we're just watching like a Monday morning surgery, just routine and sharp and efficient as hell. Like there's nothing really that you can just put on ESPN where you're, I mean, the McCaffrey run was amazing, but that was made possible by the elite downfield blocking. I mean, this is, this is a masterclass offense at work and Shanahan is a true maestro, right? And so... Uh, 100% the Niners are the favorites to win the Super Bowl. Absolutely. And will probably be favorites to win every game they play this year. Um, And it also just shows you how incapable Jimmy Garoppolo was in that offense. It pains me to say that. I fucking love the dude. I am a Jimmy G stan. I think Jimmy Jawline is so good for the league for so many reasons, and I fucking love that dude. And I loved his passion and his energy, and I loved him as a Niner, but God damn it, he was exhausting to watch. Like, there are so many things about Jimmy Garoppolo's game that I respected, especially like his willingness to come back from injury quickly his ability to just tune out the media and focus on the guys in front of him, like that is that is awesome. But we just saw what that offense can do with a somewhat capable quarterback. Brock Purdy is not Brady. He's not Rodgers, not yet at least. Now, I'm not going to downplay his performance. He fucking killed it. But if Brock Purdy goes to Carolina or Houston, I, I don't think they're immediately Super Bowl contenders. It's the perfect piece because he's a capable quarterback, capable and confident. I mean, he lets those fucking balls hang. But it, he was the last pick of the draft. He's Mr. Irrelevant. Like, there are a lot of guys better than him. It's just he fits this offense so well simply be, because he is trustworthy and capable, as Shanahan puts it. Like, watching Jimmy Garoppolo run that 49ers offense, it's like, think about someone going through med school during covid like when everything was on Zoom, like you're passing classes, you're getting the grades and the certification you need, but it is very different than a non-COVID setting. Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to be a doctor unless he went through med school during COVID because the second that he's out in the real world, it's just, oh God, every game was a fucking mess. Good teams play up to... Their abilities of the other team, he'd compete with Mahomes, but he'd make you sweat. Bad teams, he'd compete with the shittiest of quarterbacks. I mean, Colt McCoy had our number for so long on Arizona. I don't understand, but anyways, uh, Brock Purdy is like a true surgeon, just efficient, quick, no issues. Jimmy Garoppolo in the waiting room, everyone was just exhausted. And now it's like, oh, that's that's it? Okay, Um all right, I guess the Niners are fucking elite. This is a obviously a biased program. I'm a diehard Niners fan, so. But Jimmy G did good. He did good for the Raiders. Also, maybe the Denver Broncos might just be so fucking stale, even from last year's disaster. It likely carried over to this year. Not even Sean Payton can resurrect that 
cringe nightmare zombie that is Russell Wilson. Good God. Uh, but the Niners look great. Steelers are no joke. And I said to bet on the Niners. I said two and a half, no problem. Cover, money line, whatever. Uh, where was I wrong? You know, I may have been wrong about a couple running backs like Saquon Barkley. Eesh, yikes. Um, obviously, they ran into an absolute brick wall with flamethrowers. That is the Dallas defense, who, by the way, could have definitely won you your league last night. I, I know that there are people out there that have this combination. If you had a lead and the Giants kicker, Graham Gano, and you were playing against the Dallas Cowboys defense, you were probably looking pretty good. Until that block kick. Holy shit. I mean, that was a fucking all-time performance by the Dallas defense. Like, like all-time fantasy MVP performance. They definitely won people the leagues last night. Like, it's not the, obviously not the championships, but you definitely won your games because of the defense. Like, that was, that was incredible to watch. And you're kicking yourself if you've got a negative point outing from your fucking kicker. Um... But Barkley, man, he he looked he looked defeated. I mean, that whole offense is ugh, it's a joke. I, I think now you have to put the blame on on Danny Dimes, you know, or Danny Pennies, or Danny Broke, or Danny in debt. I, I I don't I don't think he's the guy there. And in fact, Barkley's probably out next year. Uh, this whole momentum swing that the Giants had from last season done it, it dead in the water absolutely nothing I mean, Danny Daniel Jones looked like looked like uh, like uh, Captain Miller from Saving Private Ryan just covered in water in the rain like when when Captain Miller was storming the beaches that's what Daniel Jones looked like um, and yes I'm referring to that exact meme because I did I made that meme for no filter network so if you saw that that was me Right. History buff and film lover meets fantasy football meets doctor. Anyways, uh, Derrick Henry also didn't look good. He looked really, really bad. Um, just, uh, you know, it, it's not even his fault. It, Tannehill is like blind. Like somebody, somebody get Tannehill like actual working glasses because his, his entire, his entire visual, uh, presentation looks impaired i i watch multiple touchdowns like walking touchdowns just get overthrown because Tannehill, i guess didn't have the touch to throw to a guy who was sitting wide open with no one within 30 yards of him I, it's just I, you gotta wonder what deandre hopkins was thinking when he said i'm going to tennessee like that's where I, i'm taking my talents like lebron took his talents to south beach won a couple champions and um you know Hopkins took his talents to Nashville. Is it really because he thought he had a good shot to win the Super Bowl there, or is it because no one else wanted him? I, we might be looking at someone who is washed. That's not an official statement from Dr. PPR. He may be washed. So we'll see about that. Uh, yeah, the comments right now on the live stream. It looks like the Giants played their hearts out. I just hope both teams had fun. No shot the Giants had any fun last night. Are you kidding me? No, Daniel Jones looked like he was like contemplating his future as like a financial analyst. 
there's no way he it will ever, ever get another contract in the NFL. Not that he needs one. I mean, he probably got he probably had the biggest armed robbery fleece job in the league last year. Um, this Giants spent more money on him than they did their O line, and it showed. Parsons had a fucking field day. Uh, but life could be worse. You know, Saquon Barkley still put up points. Derrick Henry, again, still put up points. I think he had 13. A couple guys had actual goose eggs. Zeros. Oh, my God. T. Higgins. Dallas Goddard. Drake London. Zero. This is pretty, I would say pretty rare for week one, right? Where, where multiple studs have zero, nothing. Zero, zilch. Like, you know, sometimes guys underperform. You know, obviously Burrow shat his pants. Lamar had diarrhea run down his leg during the Houston game, it seemed like. I mean, they still won and covered handily, but good God, Lamar Jackson looked horrible. It's all these guys in these contract years. Like, like this, the second they get the bag, they're like, okay, they're just going to go belly up and just, if they're not going to win a Super Bowl, it's like, yeah, I'll just casually enjoy this $275 million deal. Justin Fields. He's playing for a contract, and this was the first time that the Bears could do anything against the Packers. It seemed like the schnife is over Rodgers and that menacing aura he presents to that city of Chicago. He's just been terrorizing that town for years. It's gone. Jordan Love comes in. looks like a new day and age in Chicago. The rivalry is renewed. No, he looked fucking surgical out there. Are you kidding me? Jordan Love destroyed that Bears defense, and Fields didn't know what the fuck to do. It, it, I mean, the Bears O-line was Swiss cheese. Fields was running for his life every single time, and not in the direction he wants to go. That man can run, but he was running backwards and laterally and into the ground. Um, DJ Moore had an awful game. I was pretty high on him, uh, but I was pretty high on Drake London, too. Um. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that T. Higgins and Dallas Goddard are guys you need to watch out this this year. That they are, they're going to be just fine. Burrow played like shit. It was downpouring, and you know the Philly New England game that was sort of a caca game at, to begin with. You know, I didn't want to touch that game from a betting standpoint. The Patriots are just they're the Patriots. Like they're gonna they're gonna make you sweat any bet with or without them. I usually stay away from Belichick. He's so tricky. They overperform against random teams. They shit their pants against other teams. I didn't want to touch that game. Dallas Goddard and the Philadelphia Eagles would be okay. I mean, that that division, other than the Cowboys, who looked menacingly good on defense, but kind of mid on offense. I don't think there's any debate as to who's going to win that division this year. It's Philly. Uh, Dallas does this every year. There are some things in the NFL that just don't change. And it's the Cowboys look pretty good week one. And by week nine or ten, they do something like lose to, I don't know, Washington like nine to ten. It's just the Cowboys are not a threat. I'm going to say they are not a threat. You're going to hear from Jerry Jones all week how this is the year. McCarthy is the best coach. Dak is the guy. No. Their defense took advantage of a wounded horse and they beat the shit out of it. So that's uh, that's all I'm going to say about Dallas because I'm not going to give them any more press. Who needs to talk about Dallas? America's team. We need a new team for America. Um, but Drake London, hmm, I was pretty high on him, and he looked, looked rough. One target. One target. He's supposed to be the wide receiver one on that team, 
And it's not like the offense was flaccid. I mean, they they put up some points. Bijan Robinson even got in. Algier got in. One target for Drake London. The guy was just running routes, just getting cardio, just trying to build up a sweat, just doing good work for his next doctor checkup. Pathetic. I mean, just disgraceful. Um, I would keep my eye on Drake London. I'm not going to tell you to do any one different thing. Again, this is not a prescription to dump him, trade him. I'm just keep your eye on Drake London. Okay. I, and I, I may have been wrong about him. I was pretty high on him and I even compared him to Devonte Adams, not as a player, but as sort of the value in fantasy and Devonte Adams didn't do that good either. So if you picked Devonte Adams, you, you suffered. Um, especially if you got him in the first round, but man, I may have been wrong about Drake London. That guy was abysmal. Um, hopefully he bounced back. And then here's where else I was wrong. And I guess you could put an asterisk next to it because I wasn't totally wrong, but I guess I I guess this is going to be happening all year. I'll, I'll get right to it. Tua and Tyreek. I said avoid Tua at all costs. And I meant that, and I still mean that. I mean, I would never touch that guy with a 10-foot pole to have him as my starting quarterback. I cannot and will not in good conscience represent a player and ask a player to play the game of football if I know that at any moment, if he hits the ground awkwardly or even at all, he becomes a clinical vegetable. I just can't. I cannot get over that hump. I know when they are in stride and when the offense is clicking, he is a yard monster. 400 yards is like, I mean, game one. And just like to him to do that with like effortless motion and to come back and win, not only just put up the stat sheet and blow it up like, like you know, what, what Blake Borles used to do. This wasn't garbage time. They fucking won in comeback fashion. I call it a facade. Mm. Yeah, I hate to say it. You will never see that from Tua or Tyreek from the rest of the year. I'll say it again. That is the ceiling for them both. What you saw is what you will see. No more. And and by the way, you're asking Tyreek Hill to do 200 yards a game. You're crazy. Like that was an incredible game for them both. 450 plus for Tua, 200 plus for Tyreek. Awesome game. You will not see that again for the rest of the year. I am not saying to trade them today. Maybe tomorrow. But you won't see that again. And if Tua gets hurt, it will really be a dark and sad memory. Uh, because, well, there's just, I mean, there's just, there's just no way to, to, comprehend what kind of tackle he needs to have in the game of football that can't paralyze him for life. I mean, all these guys, like Purdy was getting smoked yesterday. A couple of tackles, blindsiding hits. If any one of those happened to Tua, he is dead. So that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, where else was I wrong? Vikings. Jesus. I, I was pretty confident about the Vikings going into the game, just as far as winning the game. I didn't say to use it as your survivor pick. My official Dr. PPR doctor's order survivor pick was Washington. That was correct. Of course, I went with the logic that they probably 
we're going to kick the shit out of Arizona. It was a little closer than I like, but Arizona is so bad and so dysfunctional. It should have been a much bigger point deficit. Arizona was gifted this freebie walk-in touchdown right before the half ended. Um, I, 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 I actually had Washington to cover the seven point spread. So that's why I'm a little salty about this, but yeah, they won. And, uh, if you pick them to survive, that's great because you will never use Washington again. They have a pretty shitty schedule going uh, here on out for the rest of the season. So I was right about that. Really wrong about the Vikings, though. And I think maybe even more wrong about Baker Mayfield. I wonder if those, you know, those highlight reels of him throwing with Kyle Trask was just bait so that everybody would downplay the Bucks all year long. It may have just been clickbait to just laugh at them and use them as laughing stock, and which is really just jet fuel for a guy like Baker Mayfield and that whole organization. Um, I said last week that the GM of the Bucks needs a psycho evaluation, and you know I meant that. I, I mean, how could you put your franchise, an NFL franchise, in the hands of Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask after seeing them? airmail like 10 yard slant routes when it was like one on zero like that 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 is that's a red flag that's that's a telltale sign that you need to get another quarterback well may have been wrong about the competency level of baker mayfield he looked very competent confident is always something he brings to any game him being confident but um he looked competent as well he and and we kind of forgot about Mike Evans. I think everybody forgot about Mike Evans. And if he fell to you in the draft and you played him and you were you know, thinking about benching him, I think you feel pretty good right now. Mike Evans looks smooth. Not necessarily his old form with Brady where he's getting 200 plus yards a game if he needs to, but got a lot of targets. Caught a lot of balls, including one in the paint. So, you know... Mike Evans, good for you. Baker, I'm sorry. I was wrong about that game, not the season, just that game. But it make, makes for an interesting uh, little situation down in the NFC South as it's the most, I guess, cuddly division in football with the heaviest hitters being Derek Carr and Bryce Young and Desmond Ritter and Baker Mayfield. That's That may be the new NFC East. Um. But, uh, but yeah, I was wrong. You know, what I wasn't anticipating was just how mid the Vikings were going to be. I thought this would have been the year that they actually posed somewhat of a threat to the Niners and the NFC and maybe even make a sweat deep in the playoffs. The Vikings are the most exciting, mediocre team ever. And, and in fact, I'll put the Chargers in that same boat. The Vikings and the Chargers are the same team. Okay, they both have these studs. They got pretty good quarterbacks. Both of them are pretty good. I would say Kirk Cousins and Herbert are both pretty good. Herbert obviously looks a lot better because he's playing in seemingly bigger games and maybe blows up the stat sheet more, but they are the same quarterback. Herbert's just a younger Kirk Cousins. They both have great habits, and then they go do something really fucking dumb. Like Both of those teams are constantly stubbing their own toes. Picture, picture this. Both of those teams are getting plenty of exercise, uh, they're getting plenty of rest, and they're meditating, and they're doing all the right things, and then they'll just go do black tar heroin. Like, the doctor's like, I noticed that there was a bit of a spike randomly in your in your vitals. Did, are you... Did you mess around with 
Is that heroin? Like, they'll just do the dumbest shit, and they keep teams in games, whether it's on defense or stupid penalties or just stupid decisions or having maybe dipshit head coaches. Maybe both of them are bad. I knew that Staley for the Chargers was a moron, and why he kept his job is beyond me. But perhaps we're wrong about the Vikings coach as well. Maybe his uh, maybe his calm and you know, poised demeanor and confidence in his quarterback looked a lot better on the Netflix show than it does in real life. Maybe we confused Kirk Cousins' ability to look good on a Netflix show with what he could do in real life. If you saw a quarterback on Netflix, you probably thought, he's getting a ring this year. Well, no. He's uh, he's bringing good ratings to Netflix, along with Mahomes and the other narratives of that, of that you know, mid-show. Um, okay, we got a couple questions from the audience here. I'm, I'm pretty much wrapping up my show. This is when we do the, the office hours each week. We have, um, we have uh, one question from, uh, he wants to remain anonymous for security's sake. He must work for the government. The question is, how long does Najee Harris keep his job? I know the Niners' defense is good, but he looks cooked, and Jay Warren looks like the better back. Great question. Um... Well, I'll uh, I'll say this. You know, nobody looks good against the Niners' defense, but whoever thought that this Steelers' offense was just going to magically, magically sprout into a top-tier offense after watching, what, Kenny Pickett play in three preseason games? You're out of your fucking mind. Um, and you need actual medical attention. Like, if you were one of the people that thought this is the Steelers' year. He looks so good. The dude was playing against third stringers. Like, those guys had to contemplate whether or not to pursue their dream of becoming a DJ in addition to being a DB in the NFL. Pickett looked fucking great in the preseason because it was the fucking preseason. So, if you thought Najee was just going to benefit from this, this titan of an offense... You need immediate medical attention from a real doctor. The Steelers were going to steal her. The Steelers are good because of their defense and because of their coaching experience. But I think even Mike Tomlin has lost his edge. You see, he tried to ice Jake Moody, the 49ers kicker, right before his first ever kick in a regular season game in the NFL. He called a timeout to, I guess... (laughs) I mean, it was such a sackless move. It was a total ice, but he had to look over some things with his defense. And then right out of the timeout, defense jumps off sides, bringing Jake Moody five yards closer. So the total cockbag move by Mike Tomlin absolutely backfired. Not to mention they just looked so bad on offense all day. It's like, why is Pickett the guy? Some of his decisions were just stupid. He was missing slant routes. So anyways, long story short, if you got Najee Harris, I'm not going to say get rid of him. It's week one, but if you got him early, Godspeed. Um, we'll talk about a guy like him more tomorrow on the prescription show, but the outlook is not good. Uh, we're going to look for some uh, different recovery options for you. Okay, uh, another question. Do we need to invest in the Rams offense without Cup 
and no good running back. Stafford looks like he still has it and is motivated. Great question. And again, another anonymous question. These, um, you know, you can, you could come on down to the office anytime, ask a question with or without your name. I will answer it as any good doctor will and respect your privacy. Okay. This is about the Rams. Yikes. Tough break. If you drafted Cooper cup early, you don't get him for another couple weeks. Really tough break. If you got Cooper cup and Jonathan Taylor. Um, you probably had just an absolute skeleton crew of a fantasy lineup going into this week. But do you need to invest in the Rams without Cup and no good running back? You know, I will say I think this year's Rams are last year's Seahawks. The Rams look competent, right? They're not going to be a threat in the postseason. I mean, let's face it, Stafford is of the age where if he gets hit wrong, he will be out four or five weeks and then you're really fucked. Then you're going to have to play one of the, one of the backups. And I believe the Mac, the last backup the Rams had, wasn't he the financial analyst with Wolford? That was fun (laughs) watching him throw and then quickly having to apologize to his clients why he missed an all hands meeting, you know, for the trust fund. I, I, I don't, I don't think the Rams are a real threat to the Niners in the West. I don't think the Seahawks, kind of like how the Seahawks weren't a threat last year. It was kind of like, okay, you're playing with a little bit of house money. Oh, you made the playoffs. Congratulations. Have fun getting smoked, right? You know, there there are guys on the Rams that I that I think you should invest in. And, and while Cooper Cup may be, you know, out for a few weeks, I, I think it's worthy to pick up some of these receivers. Uh, one of them being... Uh, Atwell, I think Tutu Atwell is is looking to be sort of like a good replacement. Eight targets, six balls caught for 119 yards. Um, Puka Nakua, on the other hand, who no one's heard of from BYU, the 22-year-old, he had himself a 15-target game. Ten receptions, 119 yards. Maybe he is the guy that's going to back up Cup right now. Tyler Higby, three catches, 49 yards. Vance Jefferson, four catches, including, I guess, not including one massive drop he had, which was a surefire touchdown. Looks like Stafford still got it. Stafford had over 300 yards, no touchdowns. Um, Kyron Williams, 52 yards, two touchdowns. K-Makers, 29 yards, one touchdown. The Seahawks have never been known for their defense with this new core, guys. I mean, the Legion of Boom, even though Bobby Wagner is back, um, looks like the Legion of Boom is... Maybe the Legion of Loud now. Uh, so don't take that game too seriously. I think if you are to invest in anyone, I would I would consider investing in Atwell from the Rams, but we'll talk about that more tomorrow on the um on the uh on the prescriptions podcast. Oh, looks like the comments are going off. It says, I'm calling Cap. Tyreek Hill is him. No, he is good. This is a response earlier when I said you may want to consider trading Tyreek because of Tua. Again, that's not an official statement yet, but Tyreek is him. Tyreek is him. He proved that with Mahomes, and he's proving that now with Tua. You can't fucking guard him. He's got great hands, and he's clutch. But he's got Tua. There's an asterisk. It's like, you know, playing an NBA Finals in the bubble. The Clippers were up 3-1 against the Nuggets and blew it because he didn't technically go back to L.A. He was just playing in, like, an open gym. If Tua gets hurt... Tyreek's done. Not done, done, but, you know, not going to do what he did yesterday. Not first-round pick-worthy. And 
yeah, it's football. Everyone can get hurt, but Tua can really get hurt. Like he will turn into a popsicle if he gets pushed wrong. So that's the asterisk. Not an official statement yet to trade him, but maybe soon. Um, that's it today for Dr. PPR. Uh, I hope you learned something. I hope you learned that the malpractice I had was minimal. We had a pretty good week last week, but it's only going to get more complicated as I give out prescriptions and betting lines going forward. We got football game tonight, Bills and Jets. Uh, I'm not going to give you official betting advice because, of course, it's not Friday, but my gut instinct tells me that Aaron Rodgers is pretty pissed off and the Bills didn't really get any better than last year as far as roster acquisitions and you know, you could say that maybe Josh Allen had a great offseason with his relationships. Uh, he, you know, he's doing good. I'm not going to mention who he's dating, but she's very attractive. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think the Bills are going to beat the Jets tonight. I think the Bills are good, not great. Josh Allen may be a little erratic. Um, and I think the Jets defense are going to punish him. And Rodgers is going to remind you that he's still fucking got it. And that hard knocks was more than just good television and that Rodgers is actually, well, he's him. Do I think the Jets will win a Super Bowl? No, not while the Niners are playing. Stay tuned for more episodes of Dr. PPR this week. That is a wrap for today. Uh, tomorrow, Tuesday, we will do the prescriptions where I will give you doctor's orders of who to drop, who to pick up, who to trade for. And of course, what your lineup should look like. I'm Dr. PPR, not Dr. Pepper, and certainly not Dr. PP. And I am here to help you with your fantasy football lineup. Guys, we will see you soon. Take care. 